What is up out there, all of our lovely, lovely listeners? This is Tyler. This is Danny. And this is Fried Squirms. We're here to get stoned and talk about horror movies. And, you know, this is one of those ones where normally it would be a Patreon-only episode, because we've been doing these lookbacks, going through our catalog. But as we promised before, anytime we decide to have a guest on for these lookbacks, everyone's going to get to participate in them. Guess what? We got a guest. Hello. <laughs> Y'all just heard Mac. <laughs> Mac, say hi again. Hello. <laughs> uh, I think we'll start with the, the Mac before we get to the weed of it all. Yeah, Does that good. sound good? Sounds good. Just because like, this is your first time on the show. If anyone out there is a particular fan of my voice, you might have followed over to the other podcasts general nerdery or noob island noob island in particular mac is a big part of being the the noob (laughs) and we've been you know going through magic in the marvel universe because we're also giant nerds like that however in the course of doing that show i have gotten to know the fact that mac is also a big horror fan yes i am as we often have to correct Zach when we get into different horror subjects on yes. that show. <laughs> no offense, Zach. God, he's not listening to this anyway, especially not this episode. <laughs> no. But thinking on how long we've been doing that now, it seems weird that this is the first time we've had you over on to Fried Squirm. So first off, welcome. Thank you. I much appreciate it. It is an honor. And since it is the first time, I'd like to ask, and maybe you can go into what is your history with horror, especially horror movies, and maybe like a little bit of your favorites, either genre or actual movie-wise. Growing up, I hated horror. (laughs) (laughs) Look how far we've come. I I think my first exposure when I was like five or six, me and my siblings were supposed to be in bed, and my parents were watching The X-Files, because it was still being aired at that time. And I remember sneaking out and trying to watch it from like, the corner of the living room. And I don't even remember what episode it was, but what I saw was too much for my young brain. And then the, uh, the X-Files theme song was, was like trigger anxiety in me for like the next year and a half. But after that, I got into high school. The way I got into horror was through audio. So I'd listen to old like recordings of like horror stories or like old radio stuff. I fell into the creepypasta trend for a while. I think Slenderman was, like, the hot topic at that time. Just because you brought it up, honestly, I think there's some creepypastas that have scared me more than any movie I have ever seen in my life. Yes. Um, (laughs) Some of those are truly written. really creepy. Really good. Really creepy. Some of the ones that I had got into were, like, the Russian soup experiment. Mm. I think The Face of God was another one, which I... think martyrs may have inspired because it's Uh a very similar concept that's not one i've read so the premise is there's a gentleman who's been deprived of all sensory input so he can speak with god Mm. but less pain i guess (laughs) (laughs) we'll get into that yeah and he does eventually speak to god and when he talks out loud the line i remember was i have spoken with god and he has abandoned us and that's the end of the story so cool stuff like that (laughs) Uh, And then after that, I started getting into short horror films um, because I found that they often had some fun ideas uh, Mm -hmm. and you didn't have to like necessarily have a high budget to do it. So you had you just had more people who had access to it. Um, So I found some cool ones on there through YouTube and some other sites. I don't remember the names of them. I doubt they're still (laughs) alive. 
And then from there, I finally got into movies. And I started going through all the old movies I hadn't watched when I was, at this time, I'm in college. So I was like, oh, I, I finally am back to movies and TV shows of horror. So I went with all the old stuff. So like, I watched Grudge, The Ring, you name it, I probably watched it. No, that's cool. <laughs> you that's just cool. you just aged us so much when you said old <laughs> stuff and then said The Grudge and The Ring. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I think when The Grudge came out, I was six. Seven. Okay. No, that's fair. It's okay. Yeah. Whereas famously on this show, The Grudge is the first movie that inspired me to go home and write a bad review on the internet. <laughs> uh, that's when I had realized that before I started getting into movies, I loved horror at that point. And I thought it was a good medium to tell any story. And it gives you more freedom to experiment compared to other genres, in my opinion. Because horror can literally be anything. You can have comedy horrors. You can have straight up horror horror itself has tons of fun genres absolutely uh, like mm-hmm. body horror I'd stay away from some Japanese movies if you're not into body horror there's some really oh we've up. talked about those oh, there's yeah. some really messed up we're ones familiar. but yeah <laughs> Jeff Goldblum's The Fly was fun <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and then I found Del Toro mm-hmm. which he's amazing and I guess from there I just I slowly just kind of and just whatever I come across at this point, I find that I'm kind of leaning towards back into the Cthulhu mythos for writing horror. Because when I was going through it, I was at the edge of high school. So I'd, I'd read most of it, but hadn't like mm-hmm. thought about it a lot. So I'm going back. I'm like, oh, this is like interesting how they write about this in terms of like the different horror tropes they have. Yeah. That's really cool. And given that you are on the fried squirms, <laughs> what is also your history with weed? I started smoking for the first time in my life, I think, four months ago. <laughs> you are a noob. It's our yeah, little baby boy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Beforehand, I had tried it like once or twice when I first started college, oh, okay. but it just didn't jive with me. And then, I don't know, I loosened up more as a person. And one day after work, I sat with my wife, and she's smoked a long time. And I, I just sat down, I was like, Hey, let me take a hit. And then that's how it started. And here I am. <laughs> here you be. And that's uh, a great segue into how we normally lead these offs as we get to our green hits. This is one of those ones where I will go straight out and say I didn't get a chance to go grab some weed for this particular show because I've been dealing with some health stuff all weekend. But Danny, what are these J's you brought for us today? Awesome. So it shouldn't be a surprise at this point that we like to frequent flowers. So with that being said, I did bring over two joints, one for each of you gentlemen, and those strains are lemon lava, right? So that being said, this is a sativa dominant hybrid strain. Over at Flower, the THC total cannabinoids come in at about 24%, and the terpenes a little over a percent, not not a whole lot. But with that being said, because of its lemon name, you're gonna get some of those lemon notes. Of course, uh, this one's more of a euphoric high, energized high very talkative so should be good for the show yeah heck yeah and i guess with that we'll take a quick break and then as this is one of our look back episodes we won't go necessarily into our cast and crew but we will get to our sloppy seconds Right, so as we said, this is going to be our look back at Martyrs. Me and Danny kind of introed it a little bit last time. If you listen to the last episode, this is quite possibly at this point the movie we have gone back to the most on this show in some way or another. I don't blame you. 
which I, I could so. never have imagined would be the case when Way we first when. watched it. Episode 13. That's why doing what we're doing right now, it's fun because of that. We, we have a different perspective and mm-hmm. what it means now to the show. So we specifically, episode 13, the look back is the original martyrs, Pascal Laugier and French, all that. Like I said, <laughs> we're not necessarily going into yeah. the cast and crew this time around. But I do know, Mac, that you happen to watch some of the American one as well. And that gives us an excuse to <laughs> get that out of the way now and never talk about it again. Thank so you, Mac. <laughs> you, You're quite welcome. I took one for the team on that one. Yeah, you did. We thought we did, but thank you. <laughs> I, I First, really quick, did you do that one first or second? I had started it. We had talked about it because I started before work. Mm-hmm. And then I came to work and you had mentioned... It's not good. Yeah. And I should watch the French version. So I waited. And then Danny so generously gifted me the superior version. And uh, <laughs> I watched this and I tried to finish the American version and I, I couldn't after watching the French version. Well, why not? <laughs> first, curious, before you had left off the first time. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> before you left off the first time, where did you get up to? And then she where had did executed you. executed the family. Okay. Which in the American version is like a good 15, 20 minutes in. Yeah. I had just, I was throwing it on. I was eating, <laughs> eating breakfast. <laughs> and I was like, oh, got to go to work. I'm not hungry anymore. Let's go. I'm glad I had, I'm glad I stopped it there. If I have finished it, I think my reaction to the French version may have been a little different. Um, Where did you eventually get to after you had finished the it, French version? So what, they execute, they, f- she doesn't commit suicide. She goes, they go down, they find the little girl. They try to escape the little girl. The cult shows up. They give the whole, this is what martyrs are, the surgery. I think I stopped at the surgery. Okay. Yeah, I stopped at the surgery. So almost halfway, I just IMDb'd the last half. Because <laughs> <laughs> at that point, I had, I had watched... Martyr, the original. The yeah. original. And there's just like this feeling that you get while watching it. It's like something is terribly wrong. It's like missing, right? Because with the original Martyr, there's like a purpose to... It's incredibly violent, but there's purpose to it. It's not untasteful, if that makes sense. It's intense, and it elicits a, elicits a response that the director wants you to have in the first place that wasn't there for the American version. It just felt like they had seen... I hope they had watched the original. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully they didn't just IMDb it. But they had seen what had happened in the French version. And they were like, that's cool. But left the purpose for it behind. So like they did torture. The nihilism that I felt through the French version wasn't there in the American version. And I don't know. It is soulless is kind of how it felt to me. And I didn't really get the same takeaway message that I got from the French version. Also, I like the acting more in the French version, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I've watched a few French films now, and I am, I don't speak French, but when you're watching a movie, you can just tell when an actor is actually trying, like, well, more than trying, but when they're successfully acting, you get, they have that whole, there's the air about them, and you can tell from their emotions, from the delivery, all of it, it just, it clicks. And that was not happening in the American version. <laughs> no. Okay. 
Mac, you are specifically sitting in here with us after having recorded part of our crossover episodes over on the other shows I mentioned, General Nerdery, New Byland are currently doing a crossover where we're talking about the Blade Trilogy to start off, mm -hmm. and we very specifically just got done talking about Blade Trinity. Mm -hmm. Would it interest you to know that Jessica Biel wanted to be in the American remake because she's a giant fan of the first one? What? That's wild, isn't it? I may have watched the whole movie if she was <laughs> just to say I did. I don't remember why that didn't work out, but I remember that as a piece of trivia for Wasn't, for the American one. I remember reading news, like old news, when I was doing some background research on this movie after I watched it. Christian Stewart was mentioned at one point uh, oh. for being oh. the lead for the that American That probably movie. would have been pretty good. Uh, getting, uh, all things considered, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that also would have been a better choice. Yeah. All right. So now let's <laughs> delve into the French side of this. I mean, what what sticks out? What was your experience like, man? We've talked about our experience a number of times. And I know we can, well, after I hear what you say, I know we'll relate some of our anecdotes, I bet. But, or maybe as you do so, we'll cut in. But Right, exactly. <laughs> I guess the one thing I don't like about the movie is the shaky camera it would make me motion sick, um, which didn't play well with some of the other stuff that I was watching. <laughs> but aside from that, the movie takes you through so many emotions through the beginning to the end. It wasn't until I literally watched it, uh, my wife and I watched it, it was in midnight when we had finished, so we, we had a small palate cleanser before bed. And then we went to bed, and I woke up the next day, and all day of that day, I had it off. All I was doing was thinking about the movie. And there's so many, like, there's a range of emotions that are thrown at you through the entire film that you, you feel but don't, like, fully, like, think about because it's coming at you so fast near the end with all the imagery and what's actually happening because it's piecing together near the end that you don't really have time to, like, comprehend the picture until it's done. And it felt like I watched three different movies. It felt like the first part of the movie is a psychological thriller slash monster horror with the demon yeah. which mm -hmm. i really liked the demon some of the, sh the shot where she's in the bathroom also on the cover of the movie uh, <laughs> and she's trying to hide behind the bathtub and it like it keeps like swinging around and like it pops his head over i those shots were really good and it's like yelling at her super cool i also liked how they they had the is it there is it not there at the beginning because mm -hmm. uh her friend i forget her name like Anna. So Anna and oh yeah, Lucy. Anna and Lucy. Lucy. Yeah. It's never in the same frame when the demon is there for the good portion of the beginning part, so you don't you don't know what's happening. And it's not until she tries to save the mom and fails, obviously. And she's watching her friend just hurt herself, where you're like, Oh <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. Oh <laughs> And I like the setup as well where you think the main protagonist is going to be the victim, and it's not. She dies. She kills herself. Which is also, I'm a little biased, since I have, I, I'm a huge proponent of like mental health, and I have a, a bachelor's in psychology. I think portraying people in this way helps people realize that mental health really is a big deal. Like, it affects everything you do every day. And I think they portrayed like the the hopelessness that was being felt, and like the, there's physically nothing else I can do. I literally have killed four people, and it, it nothing has gotten better. And it's just like that that feeling that you would have was really portrayed well through the film. So that's the first film. <laughs> it's the it's the monster film. Yeah, yeah. The middle part 
it's like a, a suspense. Like she discovers the underground lab and she she's trying to figure she's trying to save that lady. Well, before we get to the underground lab, I remember from my first time <laughs> through just how much of a shock that suicide was. Oh my yeah, god. My idea too was like, are we watching her all right now? She's taking revenge. You want to see what's gonna happen next, and then that happens. And you're like, all right, there's an hour, probably plus. Left. Yeah, there's still like an hour in the movie what? left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It's it's forty minutes, something like that. I can't remember quite like, how far it uh, is in, but it's almost half at the halfway mark, yeah. if I remember right. And you're right. There's so much stuff that is it's, packed in, and that it's before the halfway mark. Mm. Yeah, I actually have some notes for the movie I was taking while oh, watching. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Get into um, your notes. The transition they make from. The demon lady in the when you first see that she's hurting herself in the bathtub, uh, yep. the main protagonist, the not the main protagonist, the uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lucy, I think is it. Yeah, it's Lucy, Lucy Jorin. And then you see the demon lady on her bed in the orphanage, which also is a really fun shot. And then it, it transfers to the house, and you see the, the sister, but you don't know, running and screaming from the brother. And your your brain's already primed, like you're in fight or flight mode. There's literally a demon that you just saw, and this mm-hmm. this child was abused. Yeah, that's a good transition. Yeah, and you don't know. So out of context, you think they're in trouble. So you're like you're going through this adrenaline rush, but it's, there's actually nothing happening yet. It's so it's just a it's brother just and a sister family being fighting. a family. Being yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved that shot. It made me giggle <laughs> when I realized what was happening. No, that is that is a really clever transitional shot, like you were saying, because it is priming you for that fight or flight, and you see that. Yeah. But when you realize what's really going on, you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And but the, then two minutes later, it switches oh, again? Yes. But the, even <laughs> when you think about it after the movie's over, the context of what's happening there, but also what's in their basement, also adds another layer of, like, that's really fucked up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. The, there's so many layers of, like, thought that went into each part of the movie that... Like, even when I was driving here for the other podcast, I was thinking over it. I was like, did he do that on purpose? <laughs> so, super cool. I also, I found the line that her f- friend in the orphanage kept saying was, I'm coming. And and she would say it a lot through the movie. And it was always the same line. It wasn't like, I'll be there. Or like, I'll, I'll just a moment. Or whatever. It's like, I'm coming. Mm-hmm. No matter if she was in the, the bathroom washing her face after she walked in and saw her friend had just killed four people. And she had to go take a moment, which, fair. (laughs) (laughs) Also, if you ever have a friend that's that dedicated to you, you are a lucky person. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. But that, I found those words in particular that they kept using interesting, especially now that I have the context of the whole movie. I felt like it was more like a foreshadowing, like, she's going to be the martyr. We just don't know that yet. We don't even know what a martyr really is at this point. Mm -hmm. But I found, like, those particular words they were using, unless it's like a translation thing, like telling, like it's like when you talk about, I guess, would Catholicism be a good tie-in? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. He even like, talks about it, uh, the director, how that was, you know, something that influenced him in this film. It's a Catholic film. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very Catholic film. But like when you talk about, I guess, God in that context, he's coming, the coming of Christ. Or like when you talk about their uh, saints, I guess, mm-hmm. like they like that that terminology just stuck out to me. That like a very foretelling yeah, thing. Yeah, no, that's it's very insightful. So I found that interesting for the first part as well. I guess 
thinking on the first part. The suicide, incredibly impactful. And I also thought it was a cool bait and switch for the movie itself, because when we start, you were with her when she escapes. You see the flashback she's having from the past and where she couldn't save that other person, so then you kind of understand what the demon is. And there's so much, like, focusing on her as the character that when she dies, it's it was a really effective bait-and-switch, especially since other movies that can be attempt to happen. It's not always effective. But here, I feel like the pacing was well done, so, like, it didn't feel like you had just wasted time investing into a character that just dies. It was like, it just felt like a natural progression of what was happening, and now you just have this next character, which I really enjoyed. So that's the first part of the movie. Mm-hmm. The middle part, she finds the underground lab. How much of a trip is it at that point that you're like, wait, so this does all exist? (laughs) So I knew... (laughs) (laughs) Disorganized, I guess. That's I think that's what blew me away. The organization was crazy because she mm -hmm. came out of a warehouse where it was just her and I assume at that time just the other lady at that time. There obviously was more because it seemed like they they were practiced. She escapes, but she just like walked out. No one walks out of that. Like, there's no way you escape. Once you're in that basement, you're done. The only mm-hmm. way you escape is if someone else comes and gets you, and then you're gonna get shot. So, <laughs> <laughs> true story. Yeah, that's probably the that's probably the better ending for that poor lady, though. Wow. <sighs> All things considered, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's wow. A mercy kill at that point. Oh my god. So yeah, we find the underground basement, and then she walks down the hallway of all the pictures. And one of them made me laugh uh, because it looked like it looked like one of the the memes of uh, Harvey Dent from the Batman series, but it says Quispy. Oh. <laughs> it was just a, a, it was the gentleman from the car wreck, and I just I paused the movie and just laughed at that one picture. It it looked almost it looked very similar, very similar That's energy funny. to it. That's great. And then she gets downstairs after finding everything, which then obviously shows that one they've upgraded. Because if this is the same woman that kidnapped her when she was younger, like I guess her ankle got broke when she pushed her on right. the middle thing, then either one the mom, the mother has just done this now for the next was it like seven fifteen, 15 years. years. 15 years yeah. So now she just has money and experience. So like this is what she does now because we don't really know it's a full cult yet. We just know it was just... Bad. Yeah, we know it's just the family, for yeah. sure. Also, the son doesn't really say yes or no to her. I mean, I don't blame him. He's scared. But, like, he doesn't really say yes or no to does he know what was happening, which I... Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I feel like he did. I think if we're drawing, like... Because he didn't... Cult comparisons and religious comparisons, the then husband, the kids yeah. were just being brought up in it. Yeah. The daughter may not have known. She may have, like, had to, like... Like a, an inkling and have an idea because mm-hmm. when you're a kid you kind of know what's happening in the family. I, I was gonna say yeah, you 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 either directly know or you like you're suspicious. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. The son probably knew. Being the eldest, yeah, more likely. And I, this the response he gave at the dinner table before getting blasted into the next universe. Was, <laughs> <laughs> Very Tarantino gunshot. Yeah, yeah, really yes. Well. When, because at first you don't know. You don't know. You're like, maybe he doesn't know. But after watching the movie and think back in it, it's like, <laughs> I think he probably I think he knew. knew. And he just is like, I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah, at that moment, you just yeah. watch your parents get blasted. 
Very Tarantino. That 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 father flew way farther than he should have <laughs> passed that door. Um, that poor daughter, though. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, and the the burying of the bodies. That whole scene was interesting. Anyways, back to the uh, the basement. No, it's okay. It was obvious that they've obviously upgraded. Like, they made it look scientific on purpose. So, like, there's research happening, but for what? Well, I think as we pointed out before, and you say they upgraded, it's not just they upgraded, they learned their mistakes. Yeah. Like, there's not things sticking up from the ground anymore. The no. chain's attached to the wall. And... Yeah. Uh, like, the bed is, like, off to the side now. Like, there's, like, mm-hmm. it's organized, it's thought out, like, they've had experience. Also, when you find this lady, it's obvious that they are doing this for longer periods of time. And they're very willing to do some very intense things to those people. I like stapling that metal blindfold onto her head. I feel like if a regular person had gone down there and seen that, their response wouldn't be to touch that person. It would be to get out. Which I guess also is foreshadowing that this character is willing to withstand that mental trauma. Like, she is there mm-hmm. to help. She is there to withstand it. To quote-unquote bear the sins. That's another solid point, too. Which, I think I started catching a little bit more of that, this kind of go-around, you know, in terms of how they were a little bit mirroring certain things that were going on with with the characters. Like, for instance, with Anna, who was going down there to actually try to help this gal out. Earlier on in the film, her friend Lucy escaped that. I mean, because she had to, A. Mm -hmm. But that was the thing that haunted her. Whereas... Anna's not in that position. She's almost becoming a saint. Like, she's going through the progression. She, at this point, Lucy didn't choose to be there. She was forced there. Absolutely. Anna has chosen to be here. And that's, like, the different mindset. Like, I'm here because I want to be. Yep. Yep, exactly. I don't know why it bugs me so much, but... Because, okay, so knowing that you rewatched some of the American one, (laughs) I rewatched it. I watched them both this weekend. Uh, I didn't. And something <laughs> something really bugged me about it being the police that rescued her in the beginning. In the French version? In the American version. the American version. Rather than her just figuring out a way to get out. Even though it wasn't like a heroic way to get out, it was pure desperation, like, I can't take this anymore. But I still didn't like them taking that away from her. Yeah, it kind of defeats some of the purpose of her having that survivor's guilt. Actually, it defeats all of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because she wouldn't have seen the other person if the police survived, like came in and saved her. So that doesn't really make sense for the American version. Right. Anyway. That's so weird. At this point, she brings that lady up to the bathtub, which is a very intense scene. But she's washing this person, like by hand, washing this person and giving her tender, like affection. Like I, you don't just wash people often. And in this situation, obviously, it's warranted, but, like, she didn't call the police to get help because, I mean, she can't. She just has she has now five dead bodies in the house, and her prints are everywhere. Well, and of course, the washing is also another <laughs> biblical illusion. Yes, she's a... And she, like, I guess the, the one that probably everyone knows about is Jesus washing, washing the feet of the apostles. But just, like, from a human standpoint, and I guess if you're going to be a saint, just from that standpoint, you are now aiding, like, you're doing something intimate to somebody else to help them, and you have nothing in return for it. it. You're just fully giving yourself to this person at this moment, which is more foreshadowing. Although, <laughs> ripping the staples out of her head was... Ooh. That was rough. 
and when she walks into the <laughs> when she walks into the living room, the shot that she has of her friend on the couch was an angelic. Like she's wrapped in white. Her shoulders are out, so it's like a little like wing like, and it's just mm-hmm. her head, and it's all that whiteness, just kind of showing that she's at peace now. Which I guess could also be. I mean, we know they're white. It's French. no (laughs) but it was like that the extra allusion to it which i personally took as she's she's at peace like now she can move on she's she's free of whatever this is and i guess that that also could be tied into the end when she's having that vision of whatever she is seeing and it's also white Mm -hmm. connect i don't know in my head it could be a connection it helps me feel better for her because that was a really horrible existence for that lady. <sighs> her just being sad and being with her friend was a good shot as well, just to offset the amount of violence we had seen, just to have actual human emotion. Again, shows the pacing of the movie. Is he really, like, when you watch Saw, for example, you're not there for the pacing. You're just there to see people get messed up. The story, kind of, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Here, he's not doing it just for the sake of doing it. It came across as, like, this has a purpose, and I'm going to offset it with pacing and human emotion because he's also eliciting the, those really intense emotions while you watch her cut herself. Oh, that makeup work is really good in this movie. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Another thing that bugged me in the American one. You, you, you didn't get to the flaying in the American, right? No. <laughs> so it legit just looks like somebody had like, when they're pulling the skin off, there's, there's no tension. Gotcha. It's like you're unrolling a blanket off of a bed. Gotcha. Except there happens to be like jelly in between the layers. Oh, yeah. That's not how the French version worked. That was that was gnarly. <laughs> <laughs> I physically felt some of that. I was like, oh, oh no. And like the guy doing the flaying is like doing as best as he can to be kind of like almost like a mime and trying to like make it seem like there's tension, but there's not. It's literally just like rolling back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, I mean, cutting ahead, the the scene where you see her after she's flayed, it literally looked like they left her face on, and then there's nothing else. <laughs> and it all that shot, I had to be like, <laughs> Mademoiselle comes on in, she's like, eh, it's another Friday. Let's talk to her and see what's going on. Uh, yeah, she saves the lady, and we have the shot and the human emotions to kind of offset, and the the kindness she was showing the survive the victim, I guess, because she just freed her, which automatically makes her a victim. That's going on, and then you have the whole reveal that all of victims will how have mental trauma, obviously, but <laughs> no one gets away scot free on that. Uh, but the trauma is different, and you kind of see what's going on there, and this you actually see her trying to physically cut her hands off, and then she's executed by the cult's version of a SWAT team. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I felt like when Anna comes in with a shotgun and kills the family, it's messy. The camera's shaking. Uh, she's not having fun, obviously. The family is obviously not having fun. It's very, like, explosive. It's not in any way, like, organized. Mm-hmm. When they come in, though, it just, it's business. Like, they came in, they shot that victim in the head. They started cleaning up the bodies immediately. And it was no remorse, not even for the mom, who was part of their, their group. They just kicked her into that hole, no problem. Like There was no, like, oh, she used to work for us. It was just clean. They got the job done. Now we're going to interrogate Yusuf Mademoiselle to figure out what we're going to do. That was going on. And they also had no regard 
for anything. They could deal out violence no problem. They were smacking mm-hmm. smacking her around. They were kicking and like that's just how they act. Like violence is normal to them. Like the pain of it means nothing to them. Which would make sense because they're working for people who literally flay other people alive in a basement. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I felt like that was that kind of showed how indicative it is for those groups. Like they become so engrossed in what they're doing that they no longer have like a concept of what a human is. There is no more like you're a person. We're about to get there and I was gonna try to hold off till we got there naturally, but you just keep hitting on all the points as a once again, this is one of the things that really struck me about this movie is as it moves into the the higher intensity, the more extreme sequences in the back half of the movie, it becomes so cold and clinical yes. and detached from emotion. Yes. It's literally just actions they're doing. Yeah. And it's a like job. and yeah, it's a job. And it's research. Yeah. Rather than what you would normally see in, I mean, as we talked about the very first time we brought this up, this movie is essentially what would be termed here in America a torture porn movie. Yeah, precisely. Yes. But, but every other torture porn movie is about the suffering. And it's about not just like the suffering of the victim, but the the joy that the person is getting from inflicting, inflicting the suffering. Yeah, exactly. And this is about suffering but it's about suffering for a purpose. There's a purpose behind all of it. Mm-hmm. Which is another thing the American version didn't have. No, they keep it, like, their lab is still kind of grimy towards the end, and they still keep it, like, the people doing the torture seem a bit more emotionally involved and kind of just like a standard. Because in the French version, like, you see them before they call Mademoiselle back. Like, they're having a normal morning upstairs, and the guy is just... His routine he's doing is probably similar to, I mean, I, it's probably how I even I get ready. You take your shower, you shave, you get dressed, you put your shoes on, you look in the mirror, make sure everything's good. You get your business clothes on. He's getting ready for a job. That's just how he views it. Yeah, yeah. And then he sees that he got nicked when he hit, she hit him in the back. And he's, he just has to go fix it because it's not professional. Like, he's not there because he hates her. He's probably not there because he likes it. He's there because it's a job and that's what he's hired to do. And he thinks there's this higher calling bringing him to it. It's very religious. Like, they don't call themselves a cult. But that's basically what they are. It's like a religious cult of old old white people. (laughs) (laughs) As most of them are. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Elders. Yeah. Then we get to the point where Mademoiselle comes in, and we see her for the first time. uh, And she speaks with Lucy. Anna. Anna. Speaks with Anna. And kind of gives us the rundown of, like, this is what we're doing. We're more organized, as we can see. And she shows the pictures that we already got to see. Mm-hmm. So it, that's like, that came across to me as like, if you first join a job and it's like, these are our four rules to like, whatever. Like, uh, it's the version of Jafar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a friendly reminder. <laughs> and that's like their thing. Like when you, when you go to like a church, like, these are the stories you have to know. These are the things. Like when you join to get get a new job, like we work for the community. We're like, these are the four pillars of our business. Like, this is it. This is the pictures. They are all this is what martyrdom is. They this is what a saint is. This is what all this is. And then she drops a line that I wrote down immediately was, There are nothing but victims left when she's referring to the world. And I found that to be 
an incredible thing to say for someone who's running a cult that wants to produce martyrs and not victims because she's producing the victims more mm-hmm. often than not. And yeah, that, it's rare you get a martyr. Yeah. And so far they haven't been able to communicate with a martyr. So. At all. Depends uh, on their mind. Mm-hmm. Their stance. Yeah, the world is nothing full but of victims. victims. Yeah. Because the, and that implies that no one is accepting, including her, is accepting the trauma and pain and rising above it. They are, they're trapped by it which is an incredible stance to take about the world. It's very, almost like... Well, that is a very, it's, you know, it's adjacent to what some of the different uh, major sects of Christianity would believe anyway. This is a, you know, a flawed, imperfect world, as are we all, and we're trying to attain the perfect. Mostly all sects of Christianity. Yeah. (laughs) And Catholicism. There is a reason I left, but... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, hear you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I found that line to be powerful, just coming from the leader, because that's she's basically the spokesperson for this cult now. That's what it came across as at that moment. And I guess it's true mm-hmm. before she kills herself. And so then we get it. So I feel like that itself was more of like a psychological thriller. That, that was the middle half of the movie, or well, middle part of the movie. It was more like she's discovering stuff. We're getting information now to... to put into context what we saw at the beginning and to give us context going forward to what we're about to see. It was like this breather that he gave us to then give us the info we needed so we knew what is happening now. To physically give us a breather from what we just saw and the intensity of it and the violence that we had just seen. But he doesn't let us forget there's violence because they're still smacking her around. But we're not seeing people cut their hands off or get shot anymore. It's just this for a while. We're just talking at a table relax for a few moments before he takes you into the basement. (laughs) (laughs) And then we transfer into the the last part of the movie where it's the, I guess the whole, this is what I would pretty much dub as the torture porn part of the movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, it exists throughout the rest of the movie, but this is where it's, but like, I mean, like you brought up the beginning feels a bit different and really it starts off as kind of like a revenge horror. Yeah. yeah. And a monster horror, like that mm-hmm. demon was Absolutely. really cool. But now it's just, this is what we have. We have her down here for a long period of time. I came across being tortured daily. And I found it interesting that they paired pain with any and every aspect they could. So eating is paired with pain. You get hit. You have to accept what you get, but you get hit. To have no autonomy. Being cleaned is a vicious process. It's not how she was washing the victim up in the bathtub. She's like being costed while being washed. So that's pairing pain with being washed. Every interaction she has with another human down there is just pain. Every interaction that you'd have as a normal human day to day just to survive is paired with pain. And then you're kind of just secluded. So now you're being deprived of everything short of stapling metal to her yeah. forehead <laughs> to stop your vision um, but I mean you can see she had some fight left in her when she attacked the whatever that guy was I don't want to call him a gentleman but <laughs> <laughs> and then when she has that mental breakdown in the chair where she's thinking about fear and like how she's she, she was told she's not afraid and she kind of gets to the point where she's just no longer afraid she just this just is what it is and she stops fighting it and you can tell at that point because she's in the bed getting absolutely smacked by that guy and she's not even like really fighting anymore it's just how it is and then when she fully accepts it that's when the pain stops and 
that's when she gets the human connection again from the woman. She accepts it. She's not scared. And then she just holds that lady's hand when she comes down. And that symbolized when you accept the pain, you're no longer afraid of the pain. The pain doesn't matter anymore. So like, why be scared? And that's when they flayed her. <laughs> and then it's like, all right, yeah, let's see. Let's see, you're really ready. Yeah. Wow. That was a scene that will be scarred into my brain until I'm dead. <laughs> not me, right? Yep. Welcome to the club. Well, hey, okay, wait. <laughs> well, we'll pause here for a second. How does it feel to know, though, that you've now watched what's generally considered to be one of the most extreme, at least of this caliber movies, of all time? It feels good. Yeah. I watched it. I survived. <laughs> I can see why people would say that this is one of the best horror movies filmed. It is very well done. And I'm not I'm not a torture porn guy. I don't watch Saw because this is not my thing. I understand violence. Obviously, in horror, you have it in almost all horror. And that's fine. A lot of the video games I play are violent. Like, it's yeah. just... But, like, there's a difference between that this <laughs> but overall yeah past this and a serbian film if you get more extreme you also have a giant drop off in quality yeah yeah you really do there are definitely more extreme movies but you also yeah. tend to start working with micro budgets and because no one wants yeah them. you're not really concerned about story at that point <laughs> no because that's just almost straight torture porn <laughs> in the bad way yeah <laughs> so when you start getting some of the like american uh, guinea pigs and stuff which yeah. i don't want to badmouth them but no but it becomes more about like quote unquote some of it's being snuff like yeah or snuff light uh, mm -hmm. and then there's other stuff yeah, and then there's other... Yeah, I mean, of course, it gets really depraved for power for down. You want to go down that rabbit hole, you know? Yeah, but we're not calling... <laughs> no, 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 no. This is we're not, not calling... We're not talking no. about, like, M.D. Pope movie. No, 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 Something no. Something no. like that. Yeah, no, 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 no. But I'm just saying that's, like... You can. You can definitely stretch that boundaries, but... I, this, Once again, something we're never going to cover on this no, podcast. No, no, no. I'm not, even, I'm not even mildly interested. No, nope, I'm good on M.D. Pope. Do you know... Sorry, I, I just... I have read about M.D. Okay. Pope. I... Yeah, I mean, there's, that's, like, that's the, about the whole iceberg, yeah. you know, of yeah, after, after doing some quick research on him way, way long ago, I was like, you know, I'm probably not going to like any of his work. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, getting into, like, loose for Valentine type stuff. and Yeah, that's a whole different ballgame, too, so. And it I gets really... more extreme, but this is, the, like, the sweet spot. I would wholeheartedly agree, because it, it, this it's still very tasteful, it's artful, you yeah. know, it does have a purpose. It has the budget to back it up. Yeah, it really does. Which is interesting, too, yeah. considering from what, what little bit I, I, I gleaned from it was he was having a hard time getting some financing in France. But uh, Canal Plus or Canal Plus, they like to finance like independent projects and whatnot. So they helped. And usually with them, they put out some really tasteful. They're almost like 824 adjacent for French films and television shows okay. and things. Yeah, that's gotcha. how I would say Canal Plus is. Interesting. Yeah, I just wanted to get to that little aside because yeah. this, like this and a Serbian film, I think are the two that are kind of wow. like right on that edge of yeah, both it, being yeah. extreme, but like it, it is extremely really professionally and thoughtfully done. Absolutely. It's and definitely a tightrope. And I think as, you know, a fan, but also because we do this on a, you know, a weekly basis is seeing how 
certain films have that notoriety, but they're also kind of misrepresented as well because mm-hmm. they do get clumped in, you know, within certain subgenre. So therefore, they already have, you know, a, a certain image attached to it in people's minds. But I think if you can get through all that, like, you know, then you'll find like they have substance. These films, they really do. They're not just for shock value. Like, yeah, I mean, that's part of it, but has a lot more to say than just that. Well, I guess there's the one other uh, version of extreme where then it, at a certain point, it starts to get absurd, which is what we see a lot more with like extreme Japanese stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I say like the Texas Texas Chainsaw Massacre is also more of an absurdist thing. I mean, yeah. if you're if you catch that, then you actually understand what T- Toby Hooper was intending to put on the screen. Yeah, because like it's obviously not <laughs> taking itself seriously. No, that, that's a that's a that's a different a lot genre. of people don't catch that. No, at least not with the first one. No, no they don't no, catch that it's not. a comedy. It took me a, a long comedy, time to figure yeah. that out. Yeah, you know, so. I guess it just depends if you've consumed something from the horror genre before, and you can kind of tell like, oh, this is supposed to be funny, and not like the fuck yeah no i think that's the fun part you know you you start to uh, almost develop a different lens that you're viewing things from you know which what art is all about yeah no that's that's it that is fun because i'm finding myself even with these films that we've watched years not just tyler myself you know together or on the podcast but just separately coming back to them and, and finding more meaning behind these films not just you know, amongst ourselves, but, you know, having more people on and different perspectives on things. And I, I enjoy that about what we do, you know, so it's a lot of fun. Thank you. For sure. Oh, anyway, you can finish going through the movie now. I, I, I got us off track a little bit. <laughs> no, it's okay. So she's flayed. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is, I mean, Intense. you kind of ha- don't, I mean, don't, if you can't don't watch it but you kind of have to watch it to understand how intense that scene was i had to like look away at a few parts just be like <laughs> that is because they do a good job conveying the fact that someone is physically being having their skin cut off of them and it's not fun <laughs> and then again it's point like the, what we point out before, that doctor is cold and calculated that entire time. He's, I mean, he has a mask on, but he's not, like, physically wincing. He's just, like, going, doing his job, mm-hmm. you know, going through it. It's just an extreme step. Like, at what point did the cult realize, we should flay people? <laughs> you know, I think this will work. Yeah, let's take the skin off. We keep the face on, because we have to talk to him. The metal diaper didn't work. No. Jeez, I know. Well, it's so his asshole shut. You just keep feeding you and feeding you and feeding you. Well, what I found interesting reading, just a little bit of you know from other reviews and whatnot, was the character, the gal that was down in the basement originally. There's no way she could have reached martyrdom because she she would have never had the eyes for seeing yeah. and doing all mm-hmm. that stuff mm-hmm. to begin with. So therefore. Her her fate was kind of already sealed. Literally. Know? Yeah. Martyrdom. Your thoughts. So. In, where did your mind go as to what that signified that uh, resulted in Mademoiselle reacting the way she did? So I have a few thoughts. 
Now, I'm not sure which one I hold, like, hold above the others quite yet. So with the martyrdom itself, the normal person in me is like, well, of course she's going to be seeing things like she no longer has skin, she's been tortured. You, you will just go away at some point to escape it all, and you can hallucinate, you can go into a coma. Those are natural things that happens. That could explain what she's actually seeing. The second part is the guy who likes horror movies and like, hey, there's maybe something supernatural happening. <sighs> she could have seen, I guess, that there's nothing after this. There's just the whiteness of whatever, like just the emptiness. And if that's the case, that's probably, I, I would imagine Mademoiselle committing suicide at the end is either one, because she feels bad, or two, because, well, three reasons. Either she feels bad now, because she has killed these people and tortured so many people and there is literally nothing for it. It was all meaningless. I mean, that's a natural response, I guess. And then, okay, well, that, I just did these terrible things. It's time to go. Two, when she became a martyr, she saw something on the other side and it was amazing. And so Mademoiselle's like, okay, well, I just want to go. And she, you, they, they take a long time showing you how old she actually is. She's much longer for the world anyways. And I found it funny that she sits on the edge of a bathtub before she shoots herself. <laughs> 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 very polite <laughs> yeah, I know right <laughs> so that could be a reason she shoots herself or three what she sees when she becomes a martyr is terrible and feeling terrible before she's done she feels like it's her penance to now go over there and serve whatever she sees but I don't know which one I don't feel like Mademoiselle commits suicide just because she found there's nothing there because I don't think she actually feels bad for what she's doing because she herself thinks it's just a cause of for a greater cause right yeah she is religious enough to do this because they're looking up and she makes it a point when she's talking to her when she's before she puts her in the basement atheist this person was an atheist they still looked up this person was an atheist they still looked up like they had the the eyes um which i also think is a weird thing to point out <laughs> the eyes <laughs> but they're the gateway to the soul so i guess if you're going to see anything it's going to be your soul coming out and seeing it when you're a martyr. I personally, I guess if I had to pick one, I'd say she found that there was nothing on the other end. She just saw that it's just empty. I wonder if it might be a little bit of like, whatever it is over there consists of what you put into the world. And so Mademoiselle, upon now knowing this and knowing what she's already put into the world needs to end it as quickly as possible so that she can't be held responsible for any more pain because that's what it's now going to be for her. That kind of gets into what you were saying about penance. Penance, yeah. yeah mm -hmm. penance. I feel like her committing suicide was the wrong action if that was what she was wanting to do, though, because now if the group doesn't know what she saw and they're going to continue doing what they were already doing, just mm -hmm. find someone else to take her spot. And so the, the cycle continues at the end of this movie. Nothing is fixed. This group still exists, and they're going to keep doing what they were doing because Anna in the basement now can't even talk. So, like, it's a very, as is with a lot of European films, a very dark ending with not a lot of hope because they don't feel the need to tack that on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I do also like that it's nothing, though. I think that also really fits in with kind of the overall nihilistic feeling in the movie. Yeah, it's like probably what he was feeling in the moment as well, which lends his hand to, you know, this, this film itself. To tackle a subject, 
you know, as broad as he's, he's reaching out here. And then to to veil it in a uh, religious veil, I suppose, or mask. See, it's, it's clever, you know, because it's not something that no one's unfamiliar with. But it makes sense when you start thinking about how he's framing it and using these characters and, you know, what he's trying to convey in the story. I think it's, it's really neat. So the more you watch it, because for me, there's like uh, a little bit of a dread that comes along like with watching films like this because you know it's going to like it's going to drain you a little bit yeah mm-hmm. even it doesn't matter how seasoned you are it's just like uh whoo all right <laughs> you know so especially with this genre like this particular yeah genre. And, and like i said I, I really do enjoy this film but it, it, it is a heavy film mm-hmm. and it is one that makes you think and yeah it's hard to compare it with other you know films not only within the genre but just as a horror film in in, a, in its own right you know it's special, for sure. Special is a good word for it. I don't want you to have to put too many words into her mouth, but <laughs> since you did say you watched it with Nikki, <laughs> how would you characterize her reaction to the movie? A similar reaction. We've been together a very long time. so like, But uh, she had more questions about, when we were talking about it, about a lot of the, the, the finer aspects of the movie. Like, some of the actions that she, they took, she found, didn't make any sense. Stuff like that. So, she, we, we discussed this in our takes on it together. And we have a similar, like, end. Like, this is what we feel kind of happened and why. But I think she felt like the group itself didn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, the cult itself didn't make a whole lot of sense. Or, like, the way in which they tortured people didn't make a lot of sense. I think at one point she I mean, how asked, many cults make a lot of sense? Not, well, when you think about it, the ones that make sense are religions, and then there were... <laughs> yeah, and then that comes with its own set of problems. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> and I say and make well sense funded. with air quotations. <laughs> mm-hmm. no, we, we get it. <laughs> we get it, no. no, but within, yeah, within the context, yeah, it does make sense. Yeah, and I think at one point, either she had mentioned or I had mentioned, like, why didn't they just use sensory deprivation tanks if they just wanted to do, like, that would make more sense, right? Less violence means you don't have to hire as many people to hurt people, and then that's the smaller group of people, and then you'd get the same conclusion faster anyways, right? Because now you can't feel anything, do that long enough, you're going to see something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, I I guess, you know, they, they wanted to do it old school. I almost feel like that's... Gotta feel the pain. I feel like uh, martyrdom being brought on by sensory deprivation and, the, hal- <laughs> and the hallucinations <laughs> that would occur from that is the Panos Cosmatos version of this oh, movie. Oh my gosh, that would be trippy. That would be really trippy. Because it would be, I think, more conveyed in the mind, like how she kind of disconnects and it looks like she's entering a spiritual you know, realm or whatnot. The quantum realm. Whether it's spiritual yeah, yeah, yeah. or oh, nothing. Or, or... She's, she could be hallucinating or, yeah, it's just mm-hmm. nothingness, right. Yeah, Panos would be a prime example of what you could do within the realms of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really fun. Going into the movie, I watched the director opening. Like, he's like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you picked this film, but please go in knowing nothing. And at that primed me for some of the responses a little bit. When the director tells me he's sorry, I'm like, oh. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> I'm now very curious what you would think of uh, Ghostland. Oh, my. Yes, dude. Yes. Uh, and then... That would be a good one to bring him back home for. That's not going to be for a while, I though. know, but it's still be a fun one. Oh, and near the end, I kind of... I, I knew what was happening at that point, because I want to say this, this movie came out, like, what, 20... 2008, 2008 yeah. 
had to have inspired some of the, the stories I'd read and listened to with similar concepts. Because I listened to those like in college and they were new. So like the concept itself was not new to me when I got there. Mm-hmm. It was kind of interesting just to see what may ha- or may or may not be, because I haven't done research on this, the, the genesis of that idea for these stories. Because this, this gives it such a clean, clean quote-unquote, presentation of the idea. Like, this is what it is. And this is, like, what defines it. And then kind of, like, working backwards, because I've seen where it's gone, and I can see where it's mm-hmm. come from. I think that was a cool way to look at it, because I've seen some wacky ideas <laughs> now <laughs> that people have had time to digest this movie. But I, I have not, out of all the other horror movies I've watched and read and listened to, none of them come close to there's like a there's like a, a special like feeling to this movie especially after watching it as nihilistic as the movie is like there's like this purity to it that other stories just don't have there it's hard. i don't even know if i can explain it more than that like the movie itself would be a martyr if that makes sense it's it's like it's talked to the other side and you're now it's whispering to you what it's seen type of thing i like that yeah so I think it's a, it's a really, like I said, fun way to see somebody's introduction to a film where you don't know which which way it could go. You know, it, God, especially this movie. Yeah, because we've had several eyes on it outside of just ours now. And, you know, of course, <laughs> yours as well. We've uh, even had a contest. <laughs> I was about to say, uh, since you know her as well from work, uh, don't bring this movie up to Quincy. She hates it. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Poor Quincy. <laughs> yes. She was a participant. So yeah. <laughs> she witnessed. Yeah. Witness me. <laughs> Witness me. Definitely do that. Yeah. Or you know, bring it up to screw with her. Like, ah, martyrs, huh? <laughs> In context of work. Yeah. <laughs> We're like martyrs, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> No skin off my back. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> I do have a pair of scissors, though, if you need them. Oh, man. It's, for me, it, it's a film... You know, it, it's fun that we're able to share it, you know, with friends now. <laughs> and we all have an entry point into it. And, and I, I still get a chuckle out of it, man, because I found this film at a grocery store of all places. Yeah. That's, you're talking about full circle, right? Where were you? So... Yeah, I grew up in South Carolina, so before I moved up here, I uh, I was staying with my parents at the time, and I used to go to uh, a grocery store just right down the road from where we stayed and whatnot, but they had a little section where you could rent video games and movies and whatnot, and yeah, I was just perusing through, and I'd seen High Tension, so mm-hmm. I was a little familiar with French films. Which I know I already mentioned this to you off mic, you're going to be our go-to for all the new, fr- the French yes. new wave of extremism. We got this. Um, not just those, because I want to get you back on the show way sooner than Absolutely. that, and it would be yeah, quite be a, a while if we were going only those. Yeah, we do space those out quite a bit. But... I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah. So, just coming across this film, like I said, just looking at the back of it, like, oh, this looks interesting, and then watching it, like, oh, you know, having that visceral experience. And then my dad asking, like, have I seen any good films? I was like, well, uh, I mean, it's good. Good subjective, <laughs> you know. So my parents, I, I know for sure my dad, I think my mom has watched this as well. 
and then you know having friends watch it and then being able to do it on the podcast and you know introducing you and then here we are you know all these years later it's really it's a it's weird thinking about like how these kind of films or these just anything it doesn't have to be films it could be you know music whatever any kind of art how it inspires and how it creates these kind of conversations and, and latches out like so once again it's one of those films you could say yeah it's a martyr within itself this is a film and I know this is another thing I've mentioned in the past is that I don't like watching this movie right. but I like finding excuses to rewatch this movie I think that's a good way of putting it I can't watch this for a while but that's fair. Yeah, I'm exactly. glad I, I don't plan on putting it back on for a bit now. <laughs> I am glad I did. The experience is literally next to nothing else I have, I have experienced in this media form. I feel like this could be... If people watch this movie, if more people watch this movie and took to heart what it actually was doing, we could ha honestly have a really cool explosion of new ideas from this type of movie. I wouldn't be able to watch them all, but... <laughs> but no, it's layered. It's definitely layered. You know, it's not just... Once again, like we were saying, it's not torture porn just for the sake of trying to shock you. Yeah. It's a lot more than that. It. But the shock helps to get to the oh, emotions that it's yes. trying to I get to. Can't argue with that. Mm -hmm. Right. It's just the more I look at it, the more I'm impressed by how expertly it was all woven together, like how much thought and care went into it. It... What a baby, eh? <laughs> as much as I like them, this movie shows how sloppy, like, the Saw films and the Hostel films get. Extremely sloppy. Especially the Hostel films. <laughs> yeah, there's a, you know, a depreciation of value after a certain point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you cool. know what, though? Those first ones, I'll go to bat for those first ones. Right, I'm not going to argue. Like, I enjoyed the first one when seen in the... Mm. I mean, we, we just saw it. <laughs> yeah, not too long ago. <laughs> so, you know... It, it, I mean, time doesn't exist anymore, so I might have just said that about something we did a year and a half ago. I but know, <laughs> Yeah. Regardless, yeah. Now, this one, once again, it, it, for me, it holds a special place. I'm I'm pleased to hear that, you know, for others, too. It's not just one that's like, ooh, it's like the boogeyman of the horror genre. It's like, no, it's... You know, it, it's there for those who are ready for it and, you know... Going with an open mind to it as well. Yes. I think we're going to have to get you back on for when we do Serbian. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oof. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be an interesting... <laughs> I, I, I like your takes because they're not... Like, it, it's hard to to know how something's going to affect somebody, you know? So going in, I'm like, oh, I hope this thing didn't freaking, like, fuck him up. <laughs> you know? like, you might be have to be our go-to for when we ever we get back up to uh, Tetsuo. Yeah, I think you you have good insight, you know, and you you, you give good perspective on, on what it's saying. or And it just off from what I've heard, so I, I appreciate that about you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I feel like you really got cool. this movie more the first time oh, around than I did. Yeah, likewise. Like, <laughs> uh, this one uh, fucked me up for a bit. Let's put it that way. After watching this movie, we had watched Blade Trinity the next day. Mm -hmm. And then I forgot what else we had watched, but, like, there's some violence in those movies. And I was like... Uh. <laughs> I've <Man>. seen worse. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you can't face me, man. <laughs> yeah, you watch this <laughs> and then don't even change genres. Watch this and then try to watch The Conjuring and then and oh. be like, eh. 
The Conjuring didn't bother me before, but definitely it's not going to bother me now. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. I said there, were, there was definitely... Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I love shitting on that movie, even though I, it's it, fine. It's fine. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. And I love, like, I am a sucker for demon horror and monster horror. Like, I, I eat that up. If there's any religious form of horror, I love it. Because <laughs> I just hate that religion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just fun. There's, like, more lore behind it. There's more, like, real life, like... It's going to be so fun to get him on Calvair. Oh, <laughs> man. I love it. I'm a sucker for Japanese horror, for, like, ghosts and demons and stuff, and, <clears throat> and some Spanish horror. Imprint? Yeah, that would be fun. I think the whaling would be a... F- I mean, that's, like, way... That's, but, yeah, we're talking... But I'm just way. thinking it in general. Like It's just so much fun. Types of films. Those are, that's the stuff I, yeah, I go to all the time. It's my favorite. It's almost comfortable to watch it at this point. It's like playing like Resident Evil or Silent mm-hmm. Hill. Yeah. Like they've lost like the shock value. Now it's more like a comforting horror, like kind of like a campfire horror. I, I think that's a, a good way of looking at it too. Cause there, there comes a point, I think what, no matter what genre you like, you know, you, you find that point where like you get it, you know, you finally get what the hell it's about. And, you know, thinking too, it's like, it, it, it's, it's actors. I mean, I know I've said this several times, but it once, yeah, it's art. It's, people making art and they're doing their job, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's effective or not, it's, it's one thing, but they're putting the effort in. And that's the thing that tickles me pink when I think about that, like how people can get like so repulsed by what they're seeing on screen. And I'm like, yeah, it's like these people are pulled, they're doing their job really well. This yeah, is hilarious. They got, they got you. And this is so awesome. I mean, yeah, it gets me sometimes. They're like, oh, but that's like, yeah, I, that's why I love it. And why we tend to give those people their props on our normal episodes oh, to make sure that we're listing those artists and the people who work on oh the God. effects and stuff Whoever like that. Whoever did the cause... makeup for this movie and the effects. Yeah, it, it's unfortunate, uh, too, in a way. I mean, the art that he did on this, I mean, there was some green screen they, they said, but the practical stuff, oh boy. But that particular artist um, took his own life, I think, mm. right before this film dropped, so he never got to see the premiere of it, unfortunately. So. That's sad. Yeah, it really is. But, I mean, his art itself, I mean, kind of speaks for itself. So, Especially within this genre. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nah, it speaks volumes. They're part of a really good project. So. Yeah, and that is kind of what I'm getting at. It's, like, it's stuff like that that makes me appreciate what they're doing. God, yeah, there's so many films now. After hearing your take on this movie where I'm like, bro, you're getting back on here for when we come back around <laughs> yeah, to no, this, was, when was, you're coming back around to that. That was really fun. And... Like, we see you all the time. Feel free to, to come on. You always are pretty much going to know what movie we're up to. Feel free to come on. You know, uh, interject so yourself. I was going to say, yeah, don't, don't be shy to suggest things. or be like, like, hey, hey what yeah. are you guys doing this week? Oh, that sounds fun. Can I come on? Absolutely I'll you bring can. bring the joints. Let's go. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> you can. Hey, party favor is always welcome. <laughs> because this was a lot of fun. Yeah, I love introducing this movie to new people. <laughs> that was so much fun we did it to Sean too yeah and just the varying responses people have to it too so, mm-hmm. so once again that's what makes it fun uh, and thank you for being yeah, a part of this absolutely. very special yeah. episode I was honored to back. be invited I'm yeah, happy it worked out <laughs> eventually yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just as long as it took to get the last Blade movie out <sighs> oh it's been a month hasn't it yeah <laughs> But I think that's it for this episode, unless you guys have anything else to... That's all. That's all my notes. That's everything, yeah. All right. Well, this time I'm Tyler. I'm Danny. Fried Squirms. Out. Out.
Hi, everybody. Tyler here. If you like the podcast, please hit subscribe however you're listening to us right now. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us, or preferably over on Apple Podcasts, that'd be super cool as the entire world is ran on algorithms and we want to be all up in them. Uh, We highly appreciate it whenever you tell all your friends about us. If you have any suggestions, comments, questions, want us to put eyes on your current independent horror project, you can always contact us, squirmcast at gmail.com, or you can contact us through our website, www.friedsquirms.com. Scroll through our entire back catalog there, or click the links up at the top as we are part of the Earverm Podcast Network, uh, and would love it if you went and checked out some of our sister shows. Uh, The easiest way to keep track of things across the entire network is to go over to that website. That's earverm.com, E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. You can search for us across all the social medias. If you type in Fried Squirms, we should be what pops up. I'm not going to give you all those ats. So with all of that in mind, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, peace.